This is an ABC podcast. This is an important moment in American political history. What story? Uh, the whistleblower, whether it was a real story. It's a partisan whistleblower. They shouldn't even have information. I've had conversations with many leaders that are always appropriate. I think Scott can tell you that. Scott, by the way, is Scott Morrison, the Australian Prime Minister. He's sitting in the Oval Office witnessing the first time US President Donald Trump was asked about a whistleblower complaint regarding a phone call he'd had with a foreign leader. I had a great conversation with numerous people. I don't even know exactly who you're talking about, but I had a great conversation with numerous people. This conversation was with the president of Ukraine. Uh, It doesn't matter what I discuss, but I will say this. Somebody ought to look into Joe Biden's statement because it was disgraceful, where he talked about billions of dollars that he's not giving to a certain country unless a certain prosecutor's taken off the case. Donald Trump maintained throughout the next few days that the call he'd had with Ukraine's president was perfect. Perfect phone call with the president of Ukraine. Everybody knows it. Days later, the details of the call were released, including the phrase that has run the president into all kinds of trouble. I would like you to do us a favour. That's the phrase that led to the impeachment inquiry into Donald Trump. It's just a Democrat witch hunt. Here we go again. They failed with Russia. They failed with recession. They failed with everything. And now they're bringing this up. But the story of that impeachment doesn't begin with the whistleblower complaint or even with the phone call. It begins, believe it or not, with gas. Russian gas. I'm Matt Bevan, and this is Russia If You're Listening, a podcast about Vladimir Putin's attempts to undermine the Western world. Today, how the gas market of a country Americans barely notice. No one can find Ukraine on the map. If you ask the American people anything about Ukraine, they don't know a thing about it. Ukraine doesn't rise to the level of a country that people care about. Triggered impeachment hearings into a US president. This is the story of the explosive gas war between Russia, Ukraine and America and how Trump, Biden and Putin got caught up in it. That's today on Russia If You're Listening. For the past 30 years, the US and Russia have been fighting over Ukraine. It all started when Ukraine became its own country in 1991. This world has a new country tonight, Ukraine. The White House says it is moving toward full diplomatic recognition of the former Soviet Republic. When Ukraine got its independence, it also got something else, something unexpected. It became the accidental owner of 5,000 nuclear weapons that the Soviet Union had been storing on its land. That meant that pretty much overnight, Ukraine became the third biggest nuclear power in the world. But Ukraine having 5,000 nuclear weapons was kind of like a toddler stumbling upon a fighter jet. They didn't know how to use them, or how to fix them if they broke. And nobody, including the Ukrainians, thought it was a good idea that they had them. Everyone agreed that Ukraine had to give up their nukes. The big question for Ukraine was, what could they get in return for handing over this massive nuclear arsenal? So they called in the Russian and US presidents. The US president, Bill Clinton, agreed to give Ukraine a bunch of cash. $350 million of our total $900 million two-year aid package is targeted toward that goal, and there could be no better use of the funds. Ukraine also did a deal with Russia, 
who agreed to give them cheap oil and gas. So Ukraine returned the weapons to Moscow, then blew up their facilities. All during my adult life, the threat of nuclear holocausts has been hanging over our heads, and I feel an enormous sense of relief. It was a good deal for Ukraine. A little too good, actually. The gas from Russia was so cheap, Ukraine became addicted to it. Ukrainians used it to heat their homes and power their factories, and they bought almost all of it from Russia. And that's a problem. Firstly, because it created massive, massive corruption. Every Ukraine politician has been involved in gas and energy corruption uh, because this is the most lucrative and easiest way of making big amounts of money. And secondly, because it made them vulnerable. See, if you rely on a gas tap being left on and you do something that irritates the guy with the tap, he'll wait until winter when you need the gas the most and then... Russia's gas monopoly Gazprom has sent its traditional New Year's greeting to Ukraine, cutting off gas supplies in a row over prices and unpaid bills. And the thing is, this happened a fair bit. Vladimir Putin turned it off, or threatened to, whenever he was unhappy with what was going on in Ukrainian politics and wanted to try and influence it. But if Russia was using its gas pipelines to pull Ukraine one way, America was using their aid money to pull them the other way. The US had been paying them billions of dollars in exchange for Ukraine handing over their nukes in the 90s. But some Americans wondered if paying all that money to such a corrupt country was a good idea. I think it is time to register our concerns that corruption and the slow pace of reforms may defeat the relevance and impact of our assistance. Ukraine was in the middle of a tug of war between the US and Russia, and it couldn't choose between Russian gas and American cash. At issue? Should Ukraine have closer ties to the US and Europe, or Putin's Russia? In 2014, there was a circuit breaker. Russia and Ukraine were suddenly at war. And America saw an opportunity. The person sent in to clean up corruption in Ukraine was Joe Biden. Barack Obama's friendly, lovable, slightly touchy-feely, gaff-prone vice president. Corruption siphons away resources from the people, it blunts the economic growth, and it affronts the human dignity. This was a very complicated job, but Biden had concrete plans for cleaning up the energy sector. The judiciary should be overhauled. The energy sector needs to be competitive, ruled by market principles, not sweetheart deals. Biden made it his mission to help Ukraine build a decent gas industry of their own so that they would no longer rely on Russian gas. But it didn't take him long to realise there was someone standing in his way. The office of the general prosecutor desperately needs reform. The Office of the General Prosecutor. In the US, UK and Australia, we call it the Attorney General. They're the person in charge of enforcing the law. And the guy in that job in Ukraine was Viktor Shokin. Viktor wasn't really enforcing the law. In fact, just about everyone thought that he was actually on the take. Shokin was a symbol of hiding corruption and supporting corruption, especially uh, high-rent corruption in Ukraine. Shokin had a habit of accusing innocent people of corruption and then asking for a bribe to make it go away. He also took bribes from people who were corrupt to make that go away too. All this meant not a single person was prosecuted for corruption during his year in office. It was marvellously lucrative. Not just for him, but also for his employees. When the apartments of some of his senior staff were searched, well, imagine what a cartoon bank robber's apartment looks like. 
sacks of cash and diamonds were all over the place. Once word came out that Shokin and his office were maybe, possibly, a little bit corrupt, people started demanding he be fired. Several dozens of activists, MPs and ordinary citizens have come together to demand the resignation of the Prosecutor General, Viktor Shokin. Some people took to the streets with protest signs. Others were more serious. A sniper took three shots at Shokin while he was at a meeting in his office. He wasn't harmed. Shokin's office had bulletproof glass. The US didn't go quite that far, but they decided that Shokin had to be fired from his job. And you know how Russia turned off the gas tap when they wanted something from Ukraine? Well, the US can play that game too. So Biden threatened to turn off the cash tap. And I had gotten a commitment that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. Biden threatened to withhold a billion dollars unless the Ukrainian president got rid of Viktor Shokin. I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting a billion dollars. I said, you're not getting a billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a bitch. (laughs) Got fired. It was a big win for Joe Biden. The guy who'd been standing in the way of America's anti-corruption push was gone. But Biden's actions in Ukraine would come back to haunt him, because his youngest son, Hunter Biden, was making headlines of the wrong kind. Forty-four-year-old Hunter Biden, Vice President Joe Biden's youngest son, was discharged from the Navy Reserve after testing positive for cocaine. After leaving the Navy Reserve, Hunter went looking for another role. And a son of the U.S. Vice President has joined the board of directors of Ukraine's largest private gas producer. Hunter Biden now leads the company's legal unit, getting the position a few weeks after his father's trip to Kiev. And as Marina Portnoy explains, this could be more than just a coincidence. At the same time Joe Biden was working to build up a domestic gas industry in Ukraine, Hunter took a job at Burisma, one of the largest companies in that industry. What were your qualifications to be on the board of Burisma? Well, I was vice chairman of the board of Amtrak for five years. I was the chairman of the board of the UN World Food Program. I was a lawyer for Boyce, Schiller, Flexner, one of the most prestigious law firms in the world. While I'm sure he was a fine lawyer and had expertise in trains and food, you'll notice there's no mention of Ukraine, Eastern Europe, Russia, natural gas, or energy there. If your last name wasn't Biden, do you think you would have been asked to be on the board of Burisma? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not. So Hunter Biden concedes that he only got the job because of his dad, which isn't great. On top of that, while Hunter was working at Burisma, his boss was allegedly paying the authorities to stop them investigating him for corruption. And Hunter Biden was specifically meant to be in charge of making sure Burisma was less corrupt. Bottom line is that I know that I was completely qualified to be on the board to head up the corporate governance and transparency um, committee on the board. Pretty much everyone agrees that in hindsight, Hunter Biden being on the board of a Ukrainian gas company while his father was messing around in the Ukrainian gas industry was a bad idea. But the Bidens say that Joe did nothing to benefit his son or his son's company. I've never discussed my business or their business, my sons or daughters, and I've never discussed them. There is no evidence that there was anything suspect about Joe and Hunter's role in Ukraine. Hunter ended up leaving Burisma, and Joe Biden claimed success fixing Ukraine's corrupt energy industry. Ukraine doesn't buy their gas directly from Putin anymore. But... 
The three years Joe Biden spent meddling in Ukraine made him quite a few enemies, including Viktor Shokin, the prosecutor he had fired. Viktor had no job. He had been humiliated, and he blamed Biden. So he sat there, brooding, waiting for his opportunity for revenge. He had quite a long time to brood. Years, in fact, in which Joe Biden left the office of the vice president, went back into private life, and then started thinking about running for president against Donald Trump. The first sniff of an opportunity for revenge came in December 2018 at a White House event to celebrate a Jewish holiday. This afternoon, we have many wonderful guests in attendance to celebrate Hanukkah, the Festival of Lights. Two Soviet-born, Florida-based Jewish businessmen had been invited to the party. There were more than 500 people at this party, but these two men, called Lev and Igor, who were wearing suits and sporting hideous comb-overs, got special treatment. CNN's Vicky Ward says they even had a secret chat with the president and his lawyer, Rudy Giuliani. Lev Parnas, Igor Fruman, the two gentlemen Trump claims not to know, went with Rudy Giuliani into a room with the president where they strategized about a shadow foreign policy in Ukraine. Lev and Igor were associates of our revenge-seeking former prosecutor Viktor Shokin. And Shokin had sent them to the White House to make contact on a completely unrelated matter. But when they got there, Trump wanted to talk to them about Biden. The reason was because Trump's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, had this massive fringe conspiracy theory. It was all about Victor Shokin and his firing. The theory was that Joe Biden fired Shokin to protect his son, Hunter. It said Shokin was about to charge Hunter and his company with crimes. But... To your knowledge, is there any factual basis to support those allegations? None whatsoever. This is a US government official testifying under oath that it's all false. Um, When Vice President Biden acted in Ukraine, did he act in accordance with official US policy? He did. But Trump wanted it to be true because it would be devastating for Joe Biden's presidential ambitions. So at this Hanukkah party, Trump and Giuliani asked Lev and Igor to start digging around. Within three months, they and Rudy Giuliani had produced 79 pages of, um, let's say, evidence. I investigated all of this. Giuliani thought he had 79 pages of pure gold. I have what's called an affidavit here. This is under oath. It was all very official sounding. It's signed under penalties of perjury by Victor Shokin. Victor Shokin has told me he's more than willing to come to America and testify before Congress and point the finger at Joe Biden and his son. That sounds very convincing. He's willing to face Joe Biden and say, you're guilty. You participated in a bribe of my president. And everybody knows you're corrupt, Joe. Giuliani put it all in a Trump Hotel branded folder and handed it to the US State Department. But they weren't interested. Neither were the FBI. They saw it for what it was, a conspiracy theory in a Trump branded folder. However, Donald Trump wasn't deterred. The prosecutor was after his son. And he said, if you fire the prosecutor, you'll be okay. And if you don't fire the prosecutor, we're not giving you $2 billion in loan guarantees or whatever he was supposed to give. Can you imagine if I did that? And Rudy Giuliani kept pushing the story too. And then Joe bribes the president of the Ukraine. 
President Trump's television lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, says he'll travel to Ukraine shortly to meet that nation's newly elected president. Biden seized this opportunity to use Ukraine's reliance on U.S. aid as leverage for his son's personal gain. Trump and Giuliani wanted the president of Ukraine to announce an official investigation into the Bidens. Now, Ukraine has a lot of reasons why they would not want to do this. Not least the fact that there's a chance Joe Biden is going to be the next US president and might not like it if they'd been pursuing a bogus investigation into him. And gradually it became clear that Ukraine wasn't going to do it without pressure from President Donald Trump. The big man himself would have to do a deal. It sounds like big stuff. It sounds like uh, very interesting with Ukraine. So Donald Trump picked up the phone. He called the Ukrainian president. And he said the words that would lead to an impeachment inquiry. I would like you to do us a favour. I'm Matt Bevan, and this is Russia If You're Listening. It's produced by Ruby Jones and Will Ockenden. Next, in the last episode of this series, we're going all the way back to when Russia hacked the Democratic National Committee. We were able to identify uh, with a very high degree of confidence a group uh, that we uh, have attributed back to the Russian government. The hack of the Democrats was the first sign Russia was targeting an American election. Corporate strategies, email communications. But there's a conspiracy theory that it wasn't Russia at all. It was Ukraine. This is a conspiracy theory the US President Donald Trump loves. Why didn't the DNC, the Democrats, why didn't they allow the FBI to check their server? How the US President bought into a Russian conspiracy theory that helps no one but Vladimir Putin. So sometimes people say, well, I don't know about Ukraine, I don't know that much about Ukraine. Well, our adversary in this is Russia. All roads lead to Putin. Understand that. That's next on Russia if you're listening. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. You can discover more ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.